0: Talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra.
1: You're kidding me. Here are things that Talk I have put in my mouth. Oh, oh my God, Hillary. It's what (laughs) everyone is talking about. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the Quick and the Dirty Podcast. It's basically like a conversation you would have with your friends, except we record it, we post it online, and you can laugh at us. That's
2: right. And sometimes we have very interesting guests like today. We are going to welcome an award-winning author, an LGBTQ advocate, a mother of three. She is also the maven of mayhem, and we are going to tell you her incredible story.
1: What's your uh, quick this week, Sandra? Um, Now, if you (laughs) don't listen to the podcast regularly or you're new, the quick is sort of a rundown of the week and what happened to each of us. Right.
2: Um, I actually struggled to think of what I would talk about in the quick today, and then it dawned on me one of the reasons I was struggling was because (laughs) I have such a short attention span. I I can't focus on my life for more than 30 seconds at a time. And I'm realizing it's becoming a problem.
1: What do you think it is? Like, is it all of the technology that we have available? Is it your phone? Why can't you concentrate? Yeah, I've already moved on. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Um,
2: It's all of those things. But I went to a movie on Saturday and I couldn't go, I'm going to say 20 minutes without looking at my phone And then Saturday night, I was watching a movie at home, and I couldn't even give it my entire attention. I couldn't. I had an iPod at my disposal, I had my MacBook open, and my phone nearby. And I was looking at all three things and watching a movie at the same time. Yesterday morning, I tried to read a book, and I couldn't even get through an entire page without looking up and out a window. Oh, don't uh, you hate it when you read a page
1: four times? That's my life, Hillary. (laughs) This is literally,
2: I can't remember the last time I, I think it's been a good four years since I finished a book because I find that now with all the distractions and specifically my phone and notifications, et cetera, I just don't want to be that person who misses anything. You know, there's people
1: like that. I'm one of them. We have serious FOMO these days. Like we're so afraid we'll miss out on something. It's weird.
2: Right. And what am I missing out on? Someone liked something of mine on Twitter yesterday and I had to see it immediately. And then I thought, why do I care that you like the picture of the groundhog that I put up for Groundhog Day? Why am I so fascinated by this? And then I'm realizing that we're, we live in a world of like horse, you know, that I, I'm, I'm literally, I'm feasting on all of these likes and I'm sad for myself.
1: And, and I can't be sad for myself long because something will distract me that's the good news <laughs> yeah absolutely so I'll move on quick. <laughs> I find I'm a little bit different in that I am constantly on social media to make sure that I didn't post something that came out funny or had a spelling mistake in it like I'm always terrified I've embarrassed myself
2: Well, I mean that's what your real life is for <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I know, yeah. I'm always afraid that the trolls are going to come after me, too. So you want to monitor that, right? Just in case things <laughs> turn on you.
1: It can be dicey. Absolutely. Even. Yeah, I think it's maybe because we post our opinions so freely and we speak our opinions so freely on air as radio hosts that you always you're always kind of nervous how it came off. I'm, right.
2: But at the same time, I always say, I don't care if you hate me. I don't really care. But Which I'm is total bull, by the way. It is, to a certain degree. Um, I've always said I'd rather be um, hated then not thought of at all. You know, apathy is the worst thing in the world. Fair. So even if you like me or hate me, I'll take that over you not thinking about me. You know, when I get somebody who trolls me, I actually do get some kind of satisfaction from it thinking, yeah, but you're thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about me. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I've I, literally, I was about to say something and I forgot because I got distracted. I'm not kidding.
1: Do you think you have like a clinical problem?
2: I think that I am one of a billion people who are starting to border on having a clinical problem because I think I read um, in the last few months that the American Psychiatric Institution or whatever is calling – Uh, a phone addiction, an actual real clinical condition, and I'm starting to think that this phone addiction that I have is causing um, problems in my life, that I can't enjoy my family for a dinner without looking at my phone, and that's very tragic when you think about it.
1: I want to tell you about something that I do about about once a week that really helps with this situation. Uh, Where are we going with this, Hillary? (laughs) (laughs) Get distracted on your way into work in the morning and leave your phone at home. I did that today. It's my birthday, and uh, I feel a little uncomfortable, but hey, it's a lot less distracting, because I can guarantee you I'd be checking all my notifications all day. So you've gone uh, six
2: hours now, and you haven't had any access to your phone?
1: No. I can see Facebook online on the computer, so there's that. It's still distracting, but not my phone. No texts, no nothing like that. And you don't feel necessarily good? Um. There's a little uneasiness, mostly because my parents are flying home from Jamaica today. Okay. But otherwise, I feel okay. For the most
2: part, I mean, you're not really missing anything, are you? No. And if, I, if you, I really needed to reach you, I'd figure out a way.
1: Exactly. And I think that's the issue. There's this sense of immediacy, like we owe it to people to get back at them right that second, and it's so unhealthy.
2: Yeah, and when you do when I don't answer a text right away, um, you know, within an hour, I I will I'm automatically assume that I've created a bad feeling yeah. among that person with that Are person. You mad at me? Uh,
1: uh, I'm the worst for that <laughs> for not answering texts? No, for thinking everybody feeling hates bad? me.
2: Yeah. Well, they don't hate you. They probably do, but whatever. We're not caring today. They they all love you hard and you know it.
1: <laughs> What's your quick today? Uh my quick is uh <laughs> You know, I was having a conversation with my boyfriend on the weekend because we celebrated my birthday early and uh, after hearing last week's podcast, he said, well, are you going to talk about how great I am this week? Because <laughs> <laughs> you slammed him last oh, week and criticized him? Oh yeah, we, we talked about paying for stuff and how I shouldn't have to pay for his kids. And, and then on the weekend, the one <laughs> podcast he listens to, that's the one he hears. Absolutely. So then on the weekend, I was telling him, you know, how grateful I am and how spoiled I feel to have him in my life and that he is one of the greatest gifts to my life right now. And uh, his family has been such an incredible gift. And he said, well, are you going to share this on the podcast? And I was like, no, podcast <laughs> is for the drama. So I thought, you know what? I will. I will talk about all the things I'm grateful for. Because uh, I am celebrating a birthday today and it makes you kind of reflect on your life. And I was thinking about how three years ago I was incredibly unhappy. I had an exciting new job and that was great, but I was in a new city. I had left my partner at the time to be there. I was very sick, couldn't get out of bed on my own and feeling very dark and thought that life would not get better. And then today, I have an amazing person in my life who is giving me the family I thought I'd never have, and uh, I have my family close by. They moved into town, so they're nearby, and I have amazing friends. You're included in them. I better be. I love this. I love this story. Keep going. And uh, even my not-so-close friends, I'm so grateful for. Because even in your darkest days, you don't often think you're you may be just minutes, hours, a day, a month away from the brightest time of your life. So it's often difficult to take that moment and say, yeah, now's really dark. But you often don't see through the darkness. Right. And it's easy to wallow in it. Absolutely. And so I sometimes wonder we celebrate our lives and the people in our lives on our birthdays. But why don't we celebrate that every day? And be more grateful. Um,
2: because sometimes they're jerks. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, friends sometimes they're aren't making so nice you pay for their kids. No. That's right. Because because not every day is your birthday and not everybody's nice to you every single day. And those are the peaks of val and valleys of life. And sometimes you have to have bad days, like you said, to really appreciate the good days. That's why.
1: Yeah, for sure. But that's also the sweetness of life.
2: Like it the, is the sweetness of life. And I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that you're so grateful and excited
1: about where you are in life. I'm excited that you're excited. That's awesome. And I'm excited for you. Like, I, Even looking at friends going through difficult times, you know that there's so much more there. And I'm kind of making myself sick a little bit today being so positive. But kind of want to die a little inside. Um, but it, life really is amazing in all of its shapes and sizes and ups and downs and it is and you know
2: taking the time to appreciate those sweet moments is also super important so i hope you have a a great birthday today obviously i mean it's we're still in the morning so it's only going to get better
1: (laughs) i already got starbucks
2: delivered come on does it get better can I by the way say one thing about your guy listening to the podcast yeah last night I acknowledged to my husband that I we've gone 33 episodes now we're 32 episodes and he has not listened to one he hasn't listened to a second of it he doesn't even know I don't even think he knows the name of it and I, I actually sort of got snarky about it last night saying you don't even listen to the podcast he goes Sandra you tell me all your stories I know all your things you talk a lot at home
1: um, I'm good <laughs> so- I guess that's the advantage to not living in the same City is my significant other. He's he so mostly right. just listens to find out what crap I've talked about him. Like he wants to know. Oh, it's it's like a secret way to communicate with him when I want something to change in our relationship. Right? It's amazing. It is amazing. So I don't um, actually have to say it directly to him. It's great. It is great. You want? So you are ready to do the dirty? Uh, I would just want to say one more thing about being grateful because I oh. read a quote about this and it Girl, really, you really touched are me. Today. I'm so grateful. I'm gonna just. <laughs> Pound it into your heads today. Okay, do it. Tell me how grateful you are. uh, I don't have the exact quote because I'm not a prepared person, but uh, I read this amazing quote that said, without being grateful, you lose the childish awe that you have for the world. Well said. Do you know who wrote that? No, no idea. Okay. (laughs) I am grateful that I'm not nerdy enough to remember those things. I'm so grateful that you're not either. (laughs) All right. Okay, uh, she is known
2: for being the maven of mayhem originally, a very popular Ottawa blogger. Four years ago, her life changed when her child told her that she was transgender. And then two years ago, her life changed again when her spouse told her she was tr- transgender too. Uh, she has an incredible story with a motto that is simply, lead with love. You want to talk about grateful? This lady is grateful. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Amanda Jote, Knox. I tried to to give her a really, really big introduction Because she also happens to be a friend of mine So I want to give her extra
1: Did you remember to turn her mic on? Because I can't hear her
2: (laughs) She's still talking and I don't have the microphone on You know what I'm grateful for? Nothing and you know what's hilarious is that right before we started recording, I talked about Hillary, how she talks slow to me and always says, did you do a check? Did you test everything? Because I screwed up once and I've never managed to live it down. And now this happens. Great. That was really good. Amanda, I'm sorry that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that uh, this is what it's come to, but welcome to the Quick and the Dirty uh, podcast. I tell like there's no better introduction than what just happened. I was pretty excited. The- and like I wrote it out last night, going, This is so good. This is so good. I can't <laughs> wait. And I'm going to say your name yeah. was, was like-
1: real And you were
2: really focused. I was like, Wow. I know, and I, I'm cheery. No one can hear me cheery. Yeah. And then she was pointing to the thing, going, "Is my mic on?" And I'm nodding at her, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. It's totally on." Oh,
1: yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not on. Oh god, that I'm, was like a bad night with your husband. You're really excited about it, yeah. and it just doesn't. Yeah. So like every night with him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, girl. You made it easy. Okay, Amanda. That's what Tim gets for not
1: listening. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
2: We can smack talk him. Um, I don't know where to start with you, Amanda. You and I are friends. I know your story. Uh, You and I have talked about it extensively. Um, So I guess we can start from the very beginning and that fateful evening four years ago where your life changed dramatically.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. um, So... Just over four years ago, I think if you had asked me, you know, oh, tell me about your family, I would have told you that I had a husband and we had been together forever and ever. We met when we were teenagers and we had three boys and uh, we had a little house in the suburbs and I was I was home with the kids for a while and then I wrote and, you know, I, 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 I work from home now and, you know, and that my spouse works for, a you know, a high tech company and like we were really like a typical family. Um, except that the one atypical part was we had a child who was very unhappy and we could never, ever figure out why this kid was unhappy. Um, and we, we tried everything. We, we went to therapy, we saw doctors, we tried diet, sleep, parenting changes, everything we could. And we could not, we could not figure out why this child who we thought was our middle son was so different from the other two and There were no sweeping declarations. There was never anything to let us know. We just knew that there was this low-lying unease and and melancholy. So on February 25th um, of 2014, we went out shopping because it was Pink Shirt Day the next day. Do you know what Pink Shirt Day is?
2: Yeah, that's that uh, movement in Halifax where um, two two or one or two boys in a school started wearing pink to stand up for another kid who'd been bullied. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so now the symbolism is everybody wears pink on pink shirt day to show that they're standing up against bullying. And so that's what we were doing. We were going to the store, I was taking our younger two, um, to find pink shirts and the youngest one, he's our little sassy one. He's, he was seven at the time. He's 11 now. Um, he was so upset that he couldn't find anything in pink. He was just Raging, <laughs> as as he tends to do, and he was he was uh, he was. I don't understand. It's just a color. I like pink. Why don't they have pink for boys? And I said, you know what, Jackson, you're right. I don't get why they don't have pink for boys either. is not that kind of silly? And we we had this big conversation about how you should just be able to be who you are, wear what you want, love who you love. And I, I left that conversation, and we found pink shirts eventually. And I left the conversation feeling like. It, the best mom ever to Jackson. <laughs> I felt like I was a great mom to Jackson that night. And it was about two hours later, I think, um, that my spouse came in and said, you need to look at this and and handed me the phone. And I looked at the phone screen and an email had come in from our child, our middle child across the hallway um, saying, I have something to tell you. Uh, it, I really need you to just." listen, uh, I need you to think before you come in my room and try to understand, I am a girl trapped in a boy's body. Um, And more than anything, I need to be a girl. Please don't get mad. And this was coming from an 11-year-old who had never, ever said anything like this to us before. And so there were two things that happened. Um, One was panic. Because I didn't really know. I mean, that, that that's a big thing to tell somebody, and you're not going to tell somebody that if you're not pretty sure that that's what's going on with you. Um, and it was so sincere and honest, and and just and 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 I could tell. Took everything that that she had to write that to us, and the other part of me was while my head was spinning, there was almost this little relief that happened because after. Years of trying to figure out what was wrong. Finally, she was telling us what was wrong. So now I just had to figure out, well, how, what do you do? Because was, it was
2: so new. Is there a hotline to call? I mean, honestly, that's probably what you were thinking, right? I'm like
0: flipping through what to expect when you're expecting. Right. <laughs> all the, my host of parenting books, I had a whole shelf full of parenting books. I'm like, why isn't anything covering this? It, that, that was the thing that there wasn't a lot out there. There wasn't a lot out there for parents. There wasn't a lot out there. There, there was no manual for this. I mean, now there's a manual. <laughs> there are actually books out there. And there was one book, which I ended up tracking down that week, and I found the only copy in the city at the time. But I mean, it was um, it was so hard to know what to do, especially that night. So what we did is what I would hope most parents, well, what I want to see all parents do, actually, we, we led with love. So even though... Um, we were scared, and we didn't know what that meant, and, and, you know, we were, well, I didn't know what that meant, more on that later, um, you know, we went into her room, and she was crying under her covers, Um, and and just this little ball, this little shaking ball, it was the most heartbreaking thing, like, even just thinking about it now, I want to cry, it was so sad to see a child that vulnerable, that, that you know, so worried what we were going to think. And so we got in one on each side of her and we held her and we said, it's okay. You know, I, we love you. We don't care if you're a boy or a girl or it doesn't matter to us. We just all, we just love you. And, um, and I stayed like that for a while. Um, you know, just consoling her. And then I left her with her other parent and I walked out of the room and I broke down. Like I, I I had saved it all up. I guess I just I didn't want to cry in front of her, and I lost it that night. It was uh, it was a really
1: tough night, not knowing what to do. But that's so healthy, like to protect your child and want to be able to protect your child from thinking that you upset her because that's not, or that she upset you. Right.
0: Yeah. That we did obviously didn't. I didn't want her to think that she had upset me. Um. So I, I just wanted it's, it's okay. We're going to figure this out because that's what we have to do, right? Anytime there's a crisis or anytime there's a big change, our kids look to us to go, okay, how are you going to lead this? What are we going to do? And we set the tone on that.
2: Right. So, so that the, the, the way you reacted is going to be something that she probably remembers for a lifetime saying, my parents embraced me from the get-go. And that probably uh, is worth its weight in gold, really. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, but that wasn't the end of your story, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda's <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> story. Amanda's story continues on. Fast forward, and I know that it was. I know that it wasn't an easy road, and we'll get to that. How I know uh, in a bit, but uh, fast forward. I guess two and a half years. No, <laughs> 18, eighteen months. Eighteen months. Oh, I'm sorry. It was two and a half. So it was <laughs> like eighteen months later. Yeah. There was another dramatic change in your life. Yeah. So the other dramatic change
0: <laughs> is that. Um, when Alexis came out, that is the name that she chose for herself. Uh, we went through a number of names. I vetoed a few, (laughs) having an 11 year old pick out her own name was (laughs) kids, pick stupid names. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them was like, you really won't like that name in a few years. You have to to trust me on this. Um, so we, yeah, but we ended up with Alexis and it suits her so well. Um, so, you know, we're set the, 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 Everything's settling down. I mean, she dealt with so much. She, she, you know, there was it was a really tough time, and then things started to get better. And I was like, okay, so this is sort of the life that that we're going to lead now. So I, I have a blog, and one of the things that we decided to do as a family, um, was tell the story of Alexis going through transition on the blog. And we did this because when she, the one of the reasons she was so scared to tell us, even though we were pretty open minded people. Um, was that she had found very little out there um, of affirming families, of families who had supported their children through transition. So we decided that we would be an example of that. And then my writing sort of took a different path, and it went into this advocacy role, which is fine. Um, And so we became this family that, by all accounts, was a mom, a dad, uh, two boys and a daughter who just happens to be trans um, and and um, we were getting some media attention on that. Uh, we had done uh, a couple of things with CBC things were really sort of and, and I was I was starting to get comfortable there um, And then uh, my spouse, um, told me that she is also transgender. So wow, that was a big reveal. And, in, and, in, and, and I mean, that was, um, I sort of pulled it out of her, <laughs> um, because one of the things is that, Zoe, and that's, that's her name, which is also a lovely name. I said, don't pick an A name. There are too many A names in this family. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You, you have, so uh, please like, don't be Anne. Don't, just be, don't Anne. be Anne. <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't be. No, I was like, just all, I veto all A names. So <laughs> she went to Zoe, which I think is a fantastic name. Um, but Zoe had known her entire life that this was who she was, but she had buried it so deeply because to her, it just wasn't an option. She grew up in the seventies and eighties. She grew up in a small Ontario town. Um, If she had tried to come out then that just would have been disastrous. And then she had tried to come out later, like right before we met when she was 19, she had tried to come out to the people she was living with and was told in no uncertain terms that if she did um, proceed in that direction that she would have to find somewhere else to live. And so all the people that she loved and she cared about at the time had shot her down. And she said, you know what, maybe I just need to man up, you know, maybe I just need to just sort of get over this and be a man and be, and be a good man. So what does a good man look like? Well, a good man marries someone and has children and has a good job and is a good provider. And I'm going to be all those things. Um, but Zoe was never happy being those things. And, and I knew that we, I mean, she, she met me and she loved me and I loved her and, and she loves our kids. And, you know, um, that, that in itself, I, I could never figure out what the problem was because we had such a good life. Um, so finally, after dealing with a lot of the chronic unhappiness, I took her out for a date night it was July second, I think, and we went out. We had, we just got back from Pride in Toronto, taking our kid to Pride. It was supposed to be so much fun, and it was great and, and and empowering for her. And Zoe had the time of her life. And I could not figure out why when we got home she was so down. So, so you know what? Let's let's go out for let's let's go out for for dinner. And we went out for dinner. We went out for drinks. We went out, and still the person across. The, the table from me who I thought was my husband at the time was so miserable and so I said look I want to know what's going on with you and I just started to guess we were driving home and I was getting a little frustrated but I was trying to stay calm and I said like look are you are you gay and the answer was no I'm, I'm not gay and, which is actually a lie because she's a woman and she's into women so, she, women so she's gay but anyway it's okay we can get over that <laughs> so gay <laughs> so gay um, but and then I don't know why I said it but I just said like I said you know are, so are you are you a, are you a woman
2: do you want to be a woman and it was just dead silent it just can't, You just said it randomly, just like I'm throwing out things and I don't well, yeah. know what's going to stick
0: here. I was
1: like, what big reveals can there be? Right. Well, that
0: was at the forefront of my mind because we have a trans child. I didn't expect that that was going to be the answer, though. Right. Not at well, all. Oh, it would make
1: sense that it would be... Somewhat in the genes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. and you know what? since then we have met other families who have more than one trans person and often multi-generational. So we really are, yeah we are meeting other families where there is a trans parent and a trans child. So it was it, it was shocking in the sense that I had never seen that before.
2: I remember when Zoe first came out mm-hmm. and I remember you were radio silent. For a while, oh yeah, and you and I spoke for the first time, and you told me everything that had happened. And I remember you saying, "There isn't anyone else like us." There, we're, but there are. And we we started. I remember having a conversation about genetics and yeah. and uh, how what does it all mean and all this stuff. But now you found so many other families, really. Well, I wouldn't say so many, but right. I, I
0: guess maybe I did say so many, but I didn't mean so many. Uh, there are a few. There are. And, a a, few. and I have met a few, um, you know, and I'd actually have to sit and count. I would say. I personally know between five and 10 wow. other families. And those are just the families. And most of them, of course, uh, I know as a result of um, them reaching out to us through my blog.
1: Right? It makes so much sense to me that, at least in a generational sense, the older generation may be not coming forward until the younger generation needs them to be an advocate. And how can you continue to not live as your true self? as you try to support somebody who's doing that.
0: Well, I, yeah, I think that's it. Exactly. Like, I I think that, um, she started to see that Alexis was getting all this support now that, and, and, and she wanted to be a better support to Alexis, I think by wanting to come out and live as herself. But on the other hand, she was also really worried and she was convinced that the minute that she said anything, she was going to lose me and the kids and her job and everything. And so Saying that to me and actually being able to to tell me was uh, honestly I think the bravest thing I've ever witnessed in person. Uh, Alexa sent an email and that was beyond brave for an 11 year old to do, and that was a defining moment in me seeing how much resilience that kid has. I think being in the car and being present when Zoe admitted that to me, and I was really the first person she had spoken those words to in that in years you know, um, and knowing like, I'm going to lose it all by saying this, but I, I can't help. I can't, I can't hide anymore. I have to do this. I'm like, wow, that's courage.
2: That's courage. That's abso- absolutely. And, and you were married for how many years? Um, well, we were
0: together for 22 years at the time. Uh, and we were married for 18, I think, or
2: almost 18 at that point. So that's a long time to not tell your spouse what's really going on. There must've been a lot of pain oh, for yeah. you, yeah, oh, for her, yeah. <laughs> for all, for all involved, really.
0: I think um, I would love to paint a picture where I just went, okay, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, sure. I know about trans issues now. It's fine. Um, It it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't an easy ride for the first few months. It was, um, I had so many conflicting emotions because on one hand, I, I fully support anyone in coming out and being who they are. I don't believe in hiding. I think that we should be, we should be able to live as our true selves. And I had been fighting alongside my child and Her amazing community for you know a year and a half at that point and learning and seeing that you know rights needed to happen and and people's minds need to change and so I was all on board with all of that on the other hand this is my spouse like we had a whole life together and and how did I not know and 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 so while I understood why, I totally did. I, I empathize. I understood why she felt she had to hide, how scared she was, all of that. And that's all very real and true. My emotional side, which is not my logical side, was like, how could you do this? Right? Like, how, yeah. how, could, I, how, how could you not tell me? And, and, um, and, and I was angry. And I was sad. And I was all those things. And I felt bad about that. But at the same time, really needed to own it, too.
1: Were you more upset about the lie or more upset that she didn't give you enough credit that you would stick around? Oh, no. I think she was smart, actually, not saying anything. Because I'll tell you,
0: my perceptions of trans people changed wildly after our daughter came out. If Alexis had not come out first, there's no way our marriage would have survived. Because, at least I don't think so. Because, um... I, I think that a lot of us grew up with this internalized transphobia. We were taught by the media that trans people, um, ha, you know, uh, were mentally unwell or perverse in some way or, or something. And, and so deep down, I think I believed those things for a long time, even though I was okay. Like I was never mean to trans people. If I happened to meet one, it's just that I just didn't understand and I didn't try to understand. And, and, um, and so Alexis coming out, well, here, this is my child. So, I mean, I have to unconditionally love my child. That's, it's like built into me. I've never been able to understand parents who turn away from their children in these times. For me, I, I had to learn everything I could, um, because I had so much ignorance. I, I wouldn't say that I had hatred, definitely not. Um, it's just that I, again, I'd never taken that time to learn. So Alexis forced me to learn. And because of that, I was able to meet Zoe in a better place. Right. So Alexis essentially saved our marriage. There's no question.
2: Um, I find you know when you talk about what your were your preconceived notions were about trans people, I remember. Gosh, I'm going to say five years ago, I read a story about a mother in Alberta who had decided to give her child hormone blockers at the time, or Lupron, as it's commonly known. And I think the child was eight, eight years old. And I remember reading it, going, "Whoa, that is a very young age to get." And I remember thinking how little I knew about the subject. And I, and I, I actually got a little judgy. I know it's unlike me to get judgy, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I read that article, you... going, "God, yeah, I know." All right, Hillary, let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I remember thinking, holy crap, why would you stop puberty at eight years old? I mean, give them a chance to, you know, maybe grow a little bit more and make that decision. But I came about a year later, I had a similar experience that you had, Amanda. And that's where our story comes together yep. in the most beautiful way possible. <laughs>
1: Now, this is a not a big thing, but kind of a big thing Well, it, for you, it, you and your family. I would say that
2: it's not a big thing because, like
1: I, I, I spoke about to you many times, this
2: also has become our normal. So, as Amanda tells her story for the first time, people will go, whoa, oh, my God, whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, I've been there, whatever, you know. <laughs> Once you have uh, starting... Full, I think you need to lay it out. I'll lay it out. Amanda and I met... I'm going to say in May or June four years ago, coming up on four years ago, because my child had also come out as transgender. So I had what I thought was a daughter and a son. And my daughter at the time, um, initially told me that she, and I'm using that old pronoun, was gay a year before, was a lesbian. And I remember laughing and going, that's old news. <laughs> we know it wasn't a surprise to us. Um, when our, our son was a girl, um, well, I'm going to say he now because the pronouns are confusing me. He would often, well, when, when he was five, he refused to wear dresses. That was sort of the first, okay, that this is getting weird, but not just refused, traumatic. Anytime we'd put tights, a dress, uh, a bow in the hair, because, you know, mom is a princess and likes those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I can just imagine you with a baby girl, with, it would have I, been intense. I was
2: Listen, I was in my element, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> but when Olsen turned... 12 years old, pardon me, 11 years old, uh, he told me he was a lesbian. And I remember going, that's okay. That's fine. You know, I kind of knew. I I thought that's where we were going because he was so boyish and lived the life of a tomboy, but to the extreme. And then it was, I would say, maybe eight months later that he came home. And I guess he'd been working with um, a student teacher at school or something like that. And they'd been talking about gender and things. And he finally, you know, said it out loud to his teacher, his T.A., and came home and told me and I can't remember what my response was but I will be I'll tell you I don't think it was the greatest because it's not what I wanted I thought I wish you were just a lesbian <laughs> it would have been so much easier you know what I mean and that's that's the truth but we went to the family doctor and the family doctor sort of moved everything forward and we, you know we went to the children's hospital we met with doctors and so on and so forth and then Amanda came into my life because we met at a transgender support group for other parents who had trans kids. And uh, I'd like to say the rest is history, but it, it's been a really bumpy ride from that from the get-go. That was a that was a tough period in both of our lives where there was an incredible adjustment, changing the pronouns for our children, uh, getting used to you know calling my my son who, she to he. Then the paperwork of changing names, gender markers, like it's
1: been a. Beyond that, even, like, I would imagine family photos. Like, do you feel comfortable putting up family photos well, where Olson was his previous self? Um,
2: I had them up for probably longer than I should have, to be perfectly honest with you.
1: Because you have to let go. Like, there's a morning, not so much a morning process I would imagine but you have to let go yeah. of that life you thought you were going to have that, and embrace the new. One. That takes a while. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. That takes
2: that took me months and months. I would say almost a year of like mourning the pictures and one day Olsen said you need to take the picture of me wearing the princess dress off of the wall and I'm and I remember being really sad about it and 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 he said mom you need to throw those things out cuz I never want to see those pictures again. And I hope he's not listening to this podcast, but I took them off the wall and they're hidden in my closet because I can't get rid of baby pictures of my child. So I have hidden them strategically in the house. I, I haven't looked at them again, but... I, I might. <laughs> I haven't thrown out
0: old pictures either. I, I did take them off the walls. I took them down. I think like it's funny because I've talked to a lot of parents now and a lot of families. And there have been plenty of discussions about old photos. And ultimately, I think it just comes down to the the trans person's comfort, right? And it takes time. To, it takes to, time.
2: To... to and also to embrace the life you had and the life life you've been living and to embrace the transition. And Olson is 16 years old now, and he has friends he's known since JK, who who will send funny pictures, class pictures and say, remember, and he can laugh at them now and say, oh my God, put it away. Exactly. And we all have a good laugh. And I'm so glad that we're at that place. We don't celebrate those days by any stretch of the imagination, but we we don't bury them either.
1: I've heard of people retouching their old photos and having them uh, adapted to be to the gender that they are now. Yeah. Um, it's like digitally altered.
0: Uh, my sister did that for me once. She took a picture um, where Alexis was wearing um, a blue outfit and she changed it to a pink outfit. You wouldn't even know the difference and sent it to me and said, hey, if you want a baby photo that, uh, you know, isn't going to, I mean, not, it's not that the girls don't wear blue, but it was just kind of nice to have. because yeah. and, and it was nice in the sense that on, on top of it not being, um, I, I guess on top of it, being something that wouldn't necessarily be triggering for my daughter, you know, to have that picture up. It was also really nice for me because over time, and I don't know if you feel this way Sandra, but over time I've come to realize I never had that son. That that I've always had a daughter. I right. just didn't know. Because you know, the way that it was explained to me by a trans person once which made so much sense is, you know, When she was born, the doctors looked between her legs and they made an assumption of her gender based on what they saw, and it was a mistake. And so we were all misled. We just didn't know. And then when she was old enough and she had the word, she told us. And that has really resonated with me. It was like a big aha moment for me. I don't know what what do you think
2: that's uh that's absolutely precise too i mean uh, you uh, we made the assumption we had a little girl for so long even though every single indication was that i had a little boy every single one too i just didn't want to see the signs I, i you know and and he was much more vocal about it uh for a long time and and you know now he'll even say don't you remember when i was seven eight years old i would often say i'm a boy And I remember ignoring it. I never thought twice about it. I thought, oh, he's a tomboy. That's what he means when he says that. He's just a tomboy. But he he knew. He knew from the very beginning that he was a boy. But you're right. It took him 12, 11, 12 years before he was able to tell me. But, you know, one of the things that brought us together um, were our children. But we often talk about what we've learned about people. Because I feel like it was... Life changing what I've learned about people. They're not all bad. (laughs) I used to think they were I used to think terrible things about people, but it has restored my faith in humanity how much good there is in the world. We focus on the negative far too much. There's a lot of good people out there who are who have accepted our, our child, who have accepted our family. Some have quietly left, to which case I say good. I don't care. Bye bye. See ya! Don't let the door hit you on the. And you know they're smart enough not to make a fuss about it because they know that uh, uh, they're on the wrong side of history on this one mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. But yeah, p- uh, people have surprised me, and some people have left. Like I said, left our lives. What about you? What What did you find?
0: Um, it's funny. It doesn't uh, it doesn't usually bother me. There are some people we we've made it very clear. So we sort of came out in steps, and 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 the final step of of coming out. I mean, I mean, clearly it was our daughter coming out but it felt like a family coming out right because no matter what she's going through we're going to go through with her so if you're not going to accept her you're probably not going to accept us and we're not going to accept you if you're going to be a jerk to our kid I mean it's really that simple that's pretty simple yeah Uh, so I I wrote um I wrote a blog post that said, um, my son has changed, my love hasn't. And that was sort of the first post I ever wrote. Um, and it had a little picture of, of some pink high tops. And uh, and it, and it's written in language that I probably wouldn't even use today because I've learned so much, but it, it was where I was at at the time. But I think it conveys a lot of love. And I said, look, if you can't accept this, if you can't get on board, I ask you to exit our live stage left. Just leave quietly, just go. And you know, some people did and that, hurt When I realized it, I was like, wow, because some of these people I had seen through so much in their own lives and they couldn't be there for us when this happened uh, or wouldn't be there for us. But the people who have entered our lives, I mean, first of all, most people stayed. Most people stayed. Most people have been phenomenal. Our families, our neighbors, our school communities, our friends, the vast majority of people have been amazing. And, and it also, le- it left space because really if people aren't going to be there for you through thick and thin, well, this is a good way for them to wade their way out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pretty, pretty good Absolutely, there. yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, now I know that if anything else happened, you probably wouldn't be there for us either. So, okay, goodbye. And it's made room for these amazing people to come in who are so full of love and acceptance. And our friendship circle has grown and gotten stronger and healthier. Anytime that I have like a family member or somebody come in, to a party we're hosting or any kind of event, they always leave and say, you have the best group of friends. I've never met friends like this. I'm like, yeah, that is because of our child and because of my wife,
1: for sure. All right, this question is for both of you ladies because you mentioned that friends or whatever that weren't supportive, you would just let go of them. How did it work for each of your family? Sandra, I know your family, traditional Greek family how did they handle the news? Because it's certainly not something you need to be ashamed of. No,
2: that was hard, actually, um, because I've had, um, you know, yeah, like my parents are very, very traditional. And that was the thing that, Really bothered me the most. How was I going to tell my friends and specifically my family about my son? And was I going to be rejected? What was going to happen? Was there going to be a ward? I need this in my life. How was it going to handle all of it? So I took the position that Amanda took, and that was very simply this: This is how it's going to be. You are going to call my son a he and these are his pronouns and accept him for what who he is and if you can't you can't be in my life and that's it. I actually had that conversation with my father and I remember it getting like a little bit quiet and then he just changed the subject, moved on, and he's always called my son a he after that. And now it's second nature. It is our normal, and nobody even nobody even thinks about it or talks about it, but I get stressed at, at family gatherings like the extended Greeks, because there's uh, like 400 of us at any t- given time. I do get so stressed. So they won't even remember the the pre. My cu- my first cousins, my, yeah, exactly. My first and my second cousins, they don't care. They're modern, they're educated, they know. They don't care. Nobody cares. It's the old country Greeks that I worry about. I'm worried that if I go to to a wedding of a third cousin that I'm going to introduce my son and then because they're old country people will say oh I thought you had a daughter and then I'm in a position where I have to in a public way explain it to someone who probably won't understand that's my fear like that's, that's the thing that really bothers me that I would be in that position. So I've, I've had meltdowns with my parents before saying, okay, if I go to this event, I need you to make sure that everybody knows and and uh, they know that the pronouns are this because I can't have them upsetting my child at a wedding or something because I'll make a scene. You, you've seen me, Hillary. I can make a scene. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't, and and <laughs> I, I know that there are, I can handle a lot, but when you mess with my kid, and I know I speak for Amanda when mm-hmm. I say this, Things are going to go south for you very, very quickly. So I'm lucky. And Greeks throw things, so they're in trouble. If there's a plate in my hand, nobody's safe. So... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that hasn't happened. That's really mostly been in my imagination and a a fear that I've created for myself that hasn't even played out, and I'm happy to say it hasn't. My family's been great about it. And and as far as my friends are concerned, at the time, it was the hockey world that my kids were part of. And I remember when uh, my son moved from competitive girls hockey to competitive boys hockey, I was terrified. But the the league, the organization, embraced him and did everything they could to make us comfortable. Uh, We were open and honest Uh, we, I had a meeting with the parents where we, you know, the regular team meeting and I stood up in front of the parents and I told them what was what. If you have any questions, I said, ask us because we're just people and you can ask us. And I made a point of going to every single team party that year because I wanted us, I wanted us to be approachable so that if people, instead of whispering behind my back and having these questions, that if you, we were having a beer at a party, you'd be at ease and you could ask. And that's what happens. You just, it's just, it's just our normal. And then it becomes every, else is normal and i was amazed at how few people cared people just care about themselves it turns out it's amazing (laughs) isn't it it's wonderful i know i I think we had a very similar
0: experience like I you know okay there was this one uh, okay family i will just say first of all family has been great our family has been amazing um and i have no complaints there they just rolled with it both sides both times which is incredible um I think, you know, it, there there was this one mom at my children's school um who was very judgmental about this and she would never actually tell us that she was she would she'd wait till we left i was on uh, i volunteered a lot around parent council at the time and she also did a lot of volunteering so she would always wait till i wasn't around and then she would just start trash talking and um and and i had thankfully some good friends on council who would who would come back to her and say you know and, and, and counter her and stand up and be good allies which i appreciated and this was sort of a defining moment for me because I was I was bullied very badly in school. And and when I was bullied, I never stood up for myself. I, I just I just didn't have the voice. I didn't have the strength to do it at the time. Now all of a sudden I felt bullied again. And I felt like my child was being bullied and I was not okay with this. And I thought, how am I going to deal with this? But I have to deal with this this in a mature way because I'm a mom now. I'm a mom to three. I have I, I can't be screaming at somebody in the school in the schoolyard. I'm not going to do that. You can't
2: slash tires. I, but I wanted to.
0: <laughs> I am hearing you. I yeah. wanted. I walked by that car so many times. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but I decided, you know, I'm I'm going. I'm you know you know that motto: kill him with kindness. That's right. So every time that she would ignore me and she would, she would come into a circle and she would just, she would turn away from me. And if Alexis was there, she would turn away from Alexis and she would just start talking to the other people there. Like I wasn't even there with her back to me. I would get up in her face and I would actually turn, I would, I would walk up and be in front of her again. And I would compliment her on what she was wearing or I would like something that had to make her acknowledge that we were alive. And then when we would do volunteering, um, movie night for example you know if she was running the canteen I would put Alexis with her I would have Alexis run the canteen with her and then you know what she would have to talk to her and before long she was using her pronouns and she was using her name and she was she was never mean she was never mean to her Um, but she was she went from being awkward to being completely normal with her. And that's what people need is exposure, right? They they need to see, just like you at the hockey party, Sandra, they need to see that we're just typical families and they're just typical kids. These are just typical
1: people who just happen to be trans and there's nothing wrong or weird about that. Do you think it's just fear that they're they're worried that their children will be uh, converted or catch the trans. They might catch it. Catch the trans. Catch the trans. Oh my God.
0: Um, I, I do think that people don't give kids enough credit. Um if somebody had explained to me when I was seven or eight or whatever that there were trans people out there and had sat me down and and, and said that to me, I don't think that it would have made me question my own gender, because I have always been comfortable in the gender that I identify as. I was identified as a girl when I was born. I am very comfortable being a girl and I, I can't imagine myself any other way. And I think that goes for a lot of cisgender or not trans people, right? Um, I, I think the biggest obstacle always um, is our generation. It, it tends to be the older ones. It never tends to be, sorry, I didn't mean to age us all, but it's true, <laughs> right? We're not, we're not kids. The kids overall don't seem to have a big problem with this
2: right if you tell them it's fine and it's and and you you normalize it for lack of a better word and you don't make it a thing it's not a thing at all in fact
1: well right because Sandra your son because of his communication with the hospital in Ottawa with CHEO there have been a lot of resources made available to your son's school to the kids that he deals with on a regular basis and he's just one of the kids, right?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, that first year was tough because, you know, he his pronouns had changed. I mean, it happened at the end of the school year. So he went from a she to a he by September. And it it takes time for the kids to sort of make that transition. Of course, just like anybody, you're used to calling somebody a certain name. Now he's in high school and I don't know that Many people even know that he's trans, and that's why I, I've, I'm, you know, I have a radio show, and I have had the opportunity to talk about him, and I've, I've opted not to for his privacy. And he's, he's basically said to me, "It's not that I'm ashamed of being transgender, but I don't even identify as transgender. I'm just a boy.
0: Yeah, that's I'll- all
2: I am. I'm just i I'm just a guy." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fair enough. You could be whoever you want to be."
0: Yeah, I, well, and sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I I remember um Alexis starting at a new school and she took drama and they were all sitting around and they were <laughs> they were talking about you know um tell us one really unique thing about you you know how they do that right <laughs> and 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 I said well what did you tell them and you know what I expected she might tell them right. right? And she's like, oh, I just told them that I love magic tricks. I do a lot of magic tricks. Awesome. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. Because that's the thing, Like, she's she's the same as Olsen, right? Alexis Alexis doesn't, she's not ashamed of being trans and she's, she's um, anything that I say um, you know, publicly about her, I have her stamp of approval for it because she knows this is an important thing that we do, that we talk about this. But on the other okay. hand, in her day-to-day life, I don't think most people know or
1: care. That's yeah. fine. Which makes sense. Like, so many of us have been, had our lives colored by things that have happened in the past, whether it had been abuse or the way we grew up or the neighborhood that we, you know, grew up in. But it doesn't define who you are as a person. Just like, I guess this doesn't either.
0: Yeah, and I think that the nice thing about... um about trans kids these days is that the majority of them are getting the support that Olsen and Alexis are getting at home, which means that it doesn't have to be a big part of their lives. It's just a part of their lives. Whereas, you know, and I think the beauty of my household is that I've seen this in, you know, in, in, both ways i've seen a child who gets to tell her parents as soon as she can what's going on and get all the support that she needs um emotionally um you know um medically in every way and just grow up she's she's 15 and she's beautiful and she's happy and she's living the life that she wants and i think it's great and then on the other hand I was married and, and am still and still married, very happily married, I will say, to, um, mm-hmm. to someone who had to hide who she was because it was a different time, a different place, a different situation um, where she would not have had the support back then because nobody was getting that support back then, particularly children. And she had to live a lie you know, for years and years and hide in fear for years and hide from herself and everyone else. And then coming out later and transitioning later is so much more complicated. That's, that's what I, I hear all the time from people in the trans community, that it's, so, it's, it's, it's much harder. And if they could, they would have gone back a lot of them and transitioned when they were younger. And so when you see that, I think that it just, it makes sense right from the start to support our kids.
1: If you could go back, both of you ladies, and change the way you handled one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh, I think that I, I think with it, with Alexis, I think overall handled it pretty well, um, except that for a little while, I kept asking her if this was just a face. <laughs> I kept going back and sort of checking in with her again. She's really smart. And so I was trying really hard to not <laughs> let her know that I was asking that. And and she knew every time. She's like, for the last time, this is who I am obviously I've thought about this really well, or I wouldn't have told you. Um, and later on told me that that really hurt her. It felt like I didn't believe her the first time and I had to keep back and going and checking And Like I'm, I'm human and I I didn't understand and I had questions and I don't sit around, you know, hating myself for it. But I really wish that I, I could have been a little more affirming right from the start.
2: Yeah, I'm exactly the same in the same boat. I should have been more affirming in the start. I was, you know, I I thought... I, I thought my child was a lesbian and I had my heart set on it. (laughs) You (laughs) You really wanted a lesbian. I really (laughs) wanted, and I, that's what was happening, you know, and then to get thrown this curveball, I wasn't prepared for it. And I, I specifically remember weeks earlier, I was talking about Olson to a friend of mine who said, um, who was asking me about Olson and Olson's clothing and so on, and said that, you know, I have, I have a friend who has a transgender child and, uh, uh, I hope I hope that Olson isn't transgender because that is a world of pain and hurt, and uh, it's uh, it's not anything I would wish on any parent. But you know, when Olson did say that he was a boy, I I, I thought back to that conversation and I thought, God damn it. It's the worst one, you know what I mean? But but now in retrospect, it was the best one because now I have a happy kid. I have a kid who was just like your kid, miserable until the day that they finally came out, was accepted by their community, loved by their parents. So, uh, you know, at the end, it really was the best thing for our family and for our child. And I wouldn't change it for anything in the world because I can't imagine going back to a time where my kid was so miserable and unhappy. It's very hard to see your kid that way.
0: And I think, yeah, that's the thing, we, we get this idea, because that's what I did. I As soon as she said that she was trans, I don't know if she said it in those exact words in the email, but essentially that's what it was. I went on Google and I started Googling things, and it was also awful. There was I Googled it too, that's <laughs> the worst thing you should do. No, never, never Google. Never Google.
2: <laughs> and and it, the
0: statistics <laughs> for trans youth are, are really sad, and they're slowly changing, right? Like slowly, what we're seeing now is they're, they're actually doing stats in two ways. And, and before it was just trans kids. These are the big, scary statistics, uh, you know, really, really high self-harm rate, um, high dropout rate, high, you know, uh, mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. It was just, you know, addictions or so many issues. Now what they're starting to point out is that those stats are still very true for kids who are not supported at home. But the ones who are supported at home, when they're polled, when they're asked, when they're, when they're part of these studies, are doing incredibly well and have much lower rates of self-harm and are often reporting to be as happy, if not happier, than their cisgender or not trans
2: counterparts. And that's amazing. That's amazing. We've come a long way. We really have. Um, Amanda, if anybody would like to reach out to you, how can they? best way to reach me is probably
0: through my blog at uh the or amandajetnox.com. uh you can also find me on twitter at maven of mayhem and pretty much everywhere else under the same moniker
2: yeah you're all over the social media girl I like the social media. <laughs>
0: and Sandra,
1: can you include in the blog post any contact information for Chio and I'll look for some in London? That's
2: a great idea. Chio has a fantastic gender diversity clinic, so I'll throw that in there too. That's great, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank and so by the way, me. I'd like I'd like to make a point of uh, mentioning that she has had no coffee this morning and she's Amanda,
1: you're yes. a gem. Yeah, you are. I don't know how I did it.
2: (laughs) I respect you so
1: highly because that could not happen. And thank you for your patience. I'm not fully up on pronouns and I may not say the most politically correct things, but I I definitely appreciate your story and uh, I'm so inspired by you guys. You did great. I actually found that you you spoke very well overall. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for having me. And don't forget to follow the quick and the dirty on social Instagram at Hillary on air at Sandra kiss one Oh five three Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra kiss one Oh five three and Facebook at quick and dirty podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at the quick and the dirty at gmail.com.